0: You are listening to the E2C Network, where the Auburn family speaks. Hello and welcome to Warhorses, the only
1: college equestrian podcast that's willing to talk about score changes that happen after a meet. I'm your host, Auburn Elvis. Let's talk about some college equestrian.
0: The
1: Meet Recaps. Well, we had a lot of exciting action in the sport this week. Um, Of the nine meets, four of them went to tiebreakers. A couple of those were upsets, and another one featured a sort of embarrassing end-of-the-meet score reversal. But we'll talk about that later. First, we're going to talk about Thursday's meet. Now, if you'll recall, TCU and SMU rescheduled this meet from last week because of the winter weather out in the Midwest. This meant TCU would be doubling up in the same weekend, and that is never easy. In my preview, I didn't give them much of a chance against SMU. So, let's look at how it all went down. The day started out with horsemanship and equitation on the flat. SMU took horsemanship 3-2, to and the flat went 2-all. So yeah, things were pretty close. Now, over in the second half, raining got going, and both teams got two points there. So, everything came down to fences, and TCU won 3-2, tying the meetup overall. And once the fancy math was used to adjust them Western events to a 100-point scale, TCU had barely won the day in the tiebreaker. So the the meet ended 9-9, and TCU got the tiebreaker. So yeah, this is a pretty nice win for TCU. It keeps them in a nice place, uh, keeps them in that top eight of the teams nationally that are going to go to the national championships uh, in April. For SMU, they almost got the win, but of course they did not. So this ends what was a four-meet winning streak for the Mustangs. And uh, so now let's go look at Friday. First, we have Swanee at Sweetbriar. I didn't think the Tigers could get more than two or three points from Sweetbriar, and it turns out I might have given them a little too much credit. The Vixens won this one 7-1, and they just keep on rolling through all of their single-discipline opponents. Next up is UC Davis at UT Martin. This meet was going to determine basically who rises up into second place in the Eastern College Athletic Conference behind SMU. Now, I figured this was going to be real close, and it kind of was. UT Martin uh, was always about one or three points ahead the whole meet, and then at the end, uh, they hit that 10-point threshold that you're looking for with a few rides remaining, and then after that, um, uh, UC Davis got a few points. So the final score ended up being 11-8 UT Martin. So when you look at this win for the Skyhawks, this basically does two things it helps their likely seed in the conference tournament that's going to happen in March and probably more importantly it keeps them in the hunt for a position in that national championship tournament right now they're just out of that uh, top 8 but they could get up into it now after that UC Davis would ride against Oklahoma State and this one did not figure to be close but the Aggies did well in the first half Oklahoma State won the flat 3 to 1 but UC Davis tied reigning 2 to 2 to make the score a close Five to three at the half, so not too bad. But in the second half, Oklahoma State's death kind of got the better of the Aggies. Uh, horsemanship and fences both went three to one to the Cowgirls, and that made the final score eleven to five. So here, UC Davis did well to kind of sort of stay close to Oklahoma State, but they were really probably hoping for a little bit better outcome. But as but as the way things are, uh, they're probably going to stay unranked for a little while and just hope that they can maybe get some things back together and get on a winning streak again. For Oklahoma State, this, you know, they probably want to do a little bit better, but a win is a win and they will take it. Now, on we go over to Auburn. The Tigers and Delaware State both wrote a jump and seat only exhibition against Ole Miss's IHSA team. It's just a, a question. It's just a club sport over at Ole Miss. So this one was basically a warm up for each of these teams to get ready for the next day's action. Now, let's go talk about the next day's action. Um, this one probably was not going to be close unless Auburn just either really started a whole bunch of unexperienced riders, or if the ones that did start just really phoned it in. But that did not happen. Auburn swept Equitation on the Flat and Horsemanship, and then went 3-2 in the other two uh, events, which are Fences and Raining. So the final score ended up being 16-4 in favor of Auburn. This was a nice easy win for the Tigers and a chance to get ready for Texas A&M, who is coming to Auburn in two weeks. For Delaware State, this was a pretty good showing, considering. Um, now the Hornets will have to hope a team like Fresno State has a really bad spring. If that happens, and maybe a few other things that have to happen too, then maybe, kind of, sort of, maybe Delaware State could potentially move up into the field of the uh, national championship teams that will go uh, to Ocala. But we'll see how that turns out. Next, let's talk about TCU and Baylor. They squared off over in Waco. Now, I predicted that the Bears would win this one easily, but it did not quite work out that way. This meet was back and forth all morning. Fences went 3-2 to for Baylor, and horsemanship was a 2-all tie. So that means the uh, halftime score was 5-4 to four for the Bears. In the second half, the flat started off first. In fact, they started handing out the flat points before horsemanship uh, really even got going. Or before horsemanship ended from the first half, I mean. So the flat anyway went three to two for TCU and just as raining finally got going, um they started getting some scores some points from that and it basically it all ended up being deadlocked seven to seven going into raining. TCU took that first point and then there was a tie, and then Baylor took the next two points, so TCU needed this final point just to get into a tie situation, and Georgia Meadows got it for them by one point in the raw score. So, once again, uh, TCU earned a 9-9 tie, it went to tiebreaker, the formula was applied, and the Horned Frogs, again, dispatched another team on the road. So, this win was a capstone for just a great weekend for TCU. They have completely bounced back from a rough fall that they had, and right now, they are in the hunt for the number two spot in the Big 12 standings. For Baylor, the opposite has pretty much happened. The Bears have uh, begun the spring on a three-meet losing streak, but fear not Bears, you are about to get a visit from South Carolina and uh next week and that should be just what the doctor ordered for y'all. Now, back we go over to Tennessee. UT Martin was going up against top-ranked uh Oklahoma State. This one wasn't as one-sided as I expected. I mean, Oklahoma State still won big, but the Skyhawks won fences 3 to 2 and matched the Cowgirls 2 for 2 in raining but when you look at the other two events Oklahoma State went 4 and 1 in each of those and that kind of ended any chance the Skyhawks might have had so this was a workmanlike win for the Cowgirls they were heavily favored and they mostly delivered on that so now they're going to get ready for uh Fresno State is coming to uh their place and they're going to uh, the Cowgirls are going to try to maintain a perfect Big 12 record for the Skyhawks There was a lot to build on in this loss, plus they did win that other meet against uh, UC Davis this weekend. So next up, they're going to look and they're going to host Miami of Ohio in an exhibition. It won't count. It's just for funsies. Now, I'm going to do this next meet a little out of order. We're going to jump ahead to Sunday's meet because I'm saving the best one for last here. On Sunday, Sacred Heart visited Dartmouth, and I'll just go ahead and spoil it for you. This one was another tie, and Dartmouth prevailed in the tiebreaker. The result uh, really muddles up the single discipline rankings because four different teams have this weird combination of wins and losses all against each other. So it's very difficult to order these teams with complete reliability. (laughs) Um, But both of these two teams are now done until the ECAC tournament in March and I'm pretty sure that the powers that be will basically use that tournament's result as a way to basically select which teams are going to go to the national championship tournament along with Sweetbriar and Lynchburg, who are essentially locks at this point. Uh, But that's a month away from now, and there's still one more meet we need to talk about. So back we go to Saturday, Texas A&M versus Georgia. Now, dear listener, I know sometimes I ask a lot of y'all, I run through all of these meet recaps about all these teams that is not your team, and uh, I got to tell you, you really want to pay attention to this, what happened in this meet, even if these aren't your teams. This was the big meat of the weekend. The NCEA selected it as the meat of the week. It was number two, Texas A&M going on the road to number five, Georgia, for an SEC showdown that would probably tell us if A&M really was head and shoulders better than the other teams or if they just benefited in the fall from getting both Auburn and Georgia at home. Well, right out of the gate, this one was all Georgia. The Bulldogs took fences four to one. Then horsemanship got going, and Georgia took that one three to one. So at the half, the meet was seven to two, and Georgia just needed three points to win the whole darn day. And so it's halftime of the meet, and now what we're going to do is I'm going to stop here. We're going to send it to a commercial. Uh, Kyle is going to tell us all about the network and just how it's a great space for you to follow cool Auburn stuff. Take it away, Kyle.
0: Hey, Auburn fans, I want to take a quick time out from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com/slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C Network booster exclusive communications and bonus content that is available nowhere else if you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one please head on over to patreon.com slash e2c network to join the e2c network booster club you can also get there by going to our website e2c support Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. So now
1: let's get back to that Texas A&M meet. The second half started and the flat began and the Aggies took this event three to two. So after that, the score was 9-5, to and the Bulldogs just needed one more point to win the day. Because, again, there was a tie earlier, and so uh, that means you don't have to get better than 10. Just 10 is enough. And then the reigning points started. We had the Aggies get the first point. So now the score is 9-6. to Then Georgia's Courtney Bloomer gets the next point, and the Dogs had clinched uh, by reaching that 10-point threshold. The score was 10-6 to here. Then the last three points, uh, one of them had a tie in it, and then there were two points that went to A&M. So after all of that, the final score ended up being a 10-8 to Georgia victory. And then something strange happened. Now, you remember way back before the commercial break how I told you that Georgia had won horsemanship 3-1 to back in the first half? Well, at the end of this meet, it was discovered that there was an issue in how one of the Georgia Horsemanship Rider's points was scored. So instead of her winning and them having that point for the last two hours, it was really A&M's point all along. So when Georgia was trying to reach 10, they really needed one more additional point to ensure a win. So after this really, really late score adjustment, the final score was changed to 9-9. to And after the tiebreaker formula, it turns out Texas A&M won the meet. (laughs) Yes. Can you imagine if this was some other sport like football? you know say georgia scores a touchdown in the second quarter they kick an extra point and then the game goes on AM ties it up and then an official comes back at the end of the game and says oh yeah by the way we looked at the video and it turns out that extra point that y'all kicked uh, two hours ago it was actually outside the the post so that was no good so we're just going to go ahead and subtract a point from y'all uh yeah you know i know you thought you had that but you didn't really game's over you lost bye georgia Yeah, people would freaking riot, and rightly so. You just can't do that. you got to, you know, have these reviews happen right after the event ends and then just make the score official at that point. You can't just tell a team, hey, y'all have a certain number of points. Go ahead, and then two hours later, come back and adjust it. That is not fair to anyone, even Georgia. Now, the NCA really needs to look into what they're doing with these reviews because this was their big meat of the week, and it ended in kind of a disaster, at least from an organizational standpoint. I also want to point out something else. Um, from what writers and other people are saying, uh, the issue here was not that the judge just missed something the first time. Uh, what... Most likely what happened is that the process where the judge uh, is meeting out the penalties and the award and calling those out, they get written down by a scribe. That's the part that had the issue, is the calling out and the writing down. So, oh, and just so you know, uh, the host team is the one that provides that scribe. So this was not an A&M thing, and it's not really a judging thing. This was just a big old mistake that happened to happen and be compounded by bad timing and probably also by the league's decision to let these reviews happen hours after an event has ended. You know, they really got to look into that. So, one thing we're going to look into is we're going to look into the future and we're going to make some crazy guesses about the upcoming meets. Weekend Previews If you are a fan of one of the following teams, wake up and pay attention because your team is going to be in action this weekend. Georgia, Minnesota Crookston. We, we have a huge audience up in Crookston. Uh, Fresno State, TCU, South Carolina, Baylor, South Dakota State, Texas A&M, and Oklahoma State. Y'all have a meet this weekend. Uh, Georgia at Minnesota Crookston. We'll do this one first. This one is up in Brookings, South Dakota. The Eagles probably will not pose much of a challenge for the Bulldogs. I think Georgia gets a good opportunity to start several of their less experienced riders on the road here. I think Georgia is also going to win by like six, seven, eight points, maybe more. Now, let's look at Fresno State at TCU. The Frogs are kind of hot right now, but Fresno State could surprise them. I kind of think the home team will win. This might be close. Maybe a one or two point uh, victory for TCU. South Carolina at Baylor. Uh, Oh boy. Uh, The Gamecocks could really use a really, really good performance right now on the road. Uh, Both these teams actually could use a win. I think Baylor's probably going to be the one to get it, though probably by about three or four points. Next, Georgia squares off against the host South Dakota State up there in Brookings. The Jackrabbits were tough for Texas A&M back in the fall, but I think Georgia is ready for them. I I expect the Bulldogs to win by a fair amount, say eight or nine points. Then, Minnesota Crookston is going to saddle up against the Jackrabbits. Uh, These two teams faced one another in the fall, and it was all Jackrabbits. I think the rematch here will be a little closer, but not by much. I'm thinking Jackrabbits by six, seven, eight, something like that. Now on to the next day, Saturday. We've got South Carolina and Texas A&M. This is probably going to be a rough one for the Gamecocks. I'm not sure they can beat this A&M team on the road. I think the Aggies are going to get a big victory, probably five uh, points or more. In the final meet of the weekend, we've got Fresno State and Oklahoma State. In their first meet in the fall, this one ended up a 10 to 9 win for the Cowgirls. But that was part of a dual meet road trip that they were on, and we know how hard those are. Well, here we have Fresno State having to go through that, and that's why I think the Cowgirls are probably going to win this one without too much trouble. I think maybe it's going to be about three or four points for them. And that's our preview of this week's action. Closing Thoughts. Oh yeah, now, I want to update folks on something that I discovered about a meet that happened back in the fall. Uh, But before we get into it, I'm just going to ask you, do you remember how in my rankings, in the single discipline rankings, I have been ranking in first place uh, this new team this year, Bridgewater College, and I put them atop the standings because they were the only single discipline team to beat Sweetbriar in the last three years. Well, I was going through the stats for all the teams, and I discovered that in that meet's score, it has been changed since the meet happened. Originally, it was a 5-3 Bridgewater win, and now it has been changed to a 6-0 Sweetbriar win. And the only explanation for this change is a corrected score sheet that they have available online, and it's got all of the scoring Bridgewater riders, have, their scores have been zeroed out. And the, what's really interesting is one prior rider's score has also been zeroed out. So because of the fact that Bridgewater can no longer claim this win, that is why the NCEA is not ranking the Eagles. Now, on this other issue of how did this happen, why did this happen? I'm trying to find out what these adjustments were for. All that I have to go on right now is just this handwritten notation on the new score sheet that says NCEA Compliance Committee, uh, November 19th, 2021. Uh, so I've reached out to the teams, two teams, I've reached out to the NCEA, and I'm trying to find out what exactly was not in compliance. Also, again, this is really interesting, is just how it wasn't all with one team, but a Sweet Briar writer also had her score zeroed out. So I don't really know what's going on there. I could make a whole bunch of guesses about what's going on, but I would almost certainly be wrong. So we'll just see how much information I can find out about this. But I'm going to tell you now, this is another example of why you really, really, really do not want to have your sport where 90% of the people covering it are employed by the teams. With Georgia and a and neither of them even mentioned that score change in their official recaps of that meet. Now, can you even believe that? I mean, they basically just assumed, they pretended it didn't even happen. And that doesn't look good. Somebody ought to be mentioning this. And then you see over here with Sweetbriar and Bridgewater, again, nobody mentioned that one. They just changed it and just didn't do anything. I get it that it's not an ideal situation to have to go in and modify these scores, but if you're going to do that, you've got to be above board and just tell people what the issues were. Everybody's just being all silent and hoping nobody notices, and that is no way to run your sport. You wouldn't see any of the marquee sports get away with changing results behind the scenes like that with no explanation. And here we're talking about the Sports 2 defending national championships. This is just crazy. So I'm going to try to go get some more information about this, and I'll keep you updated on what I find out, but you just got to shake your head sometimes and just wonder, you know, how do they think this is normal? But you know what is normal? Me. I. I am normal. The guy in the Elvis costume is the most normal thing right now. And I'm trying to get to the bottom of these things and let you know more about it. So, until we meet again, I am your host, Auburn Elvis. Thank you very much for listening and War Horses.